Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast, the show that brings together Michigan's top cannabis growers, advocates, and business owners to offer a fresh and honest perspective of Michigan's cannabis industry. Stick with us to get the lowdown from the people who have been on the ground floor of cannabis business in Michigan and gain insights into where the industry may be heading. Welcome to the Smoke and Rope Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Basor, and today is episode 87. And I'm very pleased and excited to have Jocelyn Silva on the show today, the sales director, now sales uh, rep at Scout and Oops, and among other things. And I'll get into the whole list of experiences. But Jazzy, thanks for being on the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been listening for a long time. I've been an avid fan of the show, fan of so many of your guests, and it's a dream come true to be here myself. Super excited. Well, we're excited to have you on and, and you know, um, in honor of uh, International Women's Day and Women's History Month, um, you know, the theme continues. Uh, it was a great, great week last week. and. We're excited for you to, to carry the torch. And I swear it is not a requirement to wear a redemption shirt to get on the show, but it does help. All right. Uh, <laughs> Tom, over at Really, what's happening? Uh, you know, another day in paradise, yeah. buddy. You got Glad it. to have Jocelyn it. on, though. She's one of my favorite people on the, on the planet. So. It's mutual, Tom. <laughs> awesome. Kevin, over, over in Lansing with me, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just uh, getting along uh, midweek, ready for the weekend already, surprisingly. I was a little <laughs> bit tired this morning getting up. I don't know what the deal was, but uh, super excited to have Jocelyn on the show. Uh, we've known Chris for quite a while and I've you know, grown to be good friends with Chris and, and respect his opinions on a lot of stuff. And so I'm excited to hear what Jocelyn's got to say about her input. I imagine it's going to be just as good. Yeah, it's probably where Chris gets all his info from. So That's, that's kind of what I was thinking, you know? Yeah, well, uh, well you know, uh, I want to give, um, you know, Jazzy, a little bit longer introduction, a little bit of background. I know she's, uh, I won't steal her thunder, but a, a local East Lansingite, and uh, I'm not, but there's uh, your generation there seems to be just breed marijuana people in Michigan. There's a lot of you all over the place, and that's cool. I love it. I love having locals involved in the in the scene. Um, uh, besides that, I, we first met, I first met Chris at my Legalize campaign. I was a uh, out on probation, uh, I was at the halfway house still and was, was out and about and, you know, doing legal work uh, for my job and I uh, was hanging out down there and got to become really good friends with with uh, Chris, uh, um, as you guys, uh, our listeners know, and uh, Chris Silva uh, uh, works with uh, For Redemption, um, sales rep and among other things and um, got to know Jocelyn well too and was actually uh, invited, was very honored, cause, uh, came to your guys' wedding out at... Uh, out of Olivet, I uh, hadn't been out there since I played a little ball out there, and that was that was awesome, and appreciated that, and, and um, you know quickly had a, a great bond. But then um, watched as you know, I know you had a professional background, started a business in, in high school, but also was a manager of some um, offices, and you know I watched you and Chris jump full full feet, full feet in the cannabis industry, which is what you got to do. And that was back in like early 16. And, you know, you started working at Homegrown when back when it was down uh, down there on Michigan Ave. Uh, and then also over at Kind Provisioning, uh, learning the ins and outs. Um, pretty, pretty interesting perspective as we get into that later of, of the retail market then versus now. And then even started to got into the trap game a little bit, Tub Life, Bath Bombs. 
saw them all over the all over the state. So that's a great experience. And start to finish, starting a product and selling it is not easy. And regardless, uh, I know you guys always look at it as as gaining knowledge and and um, um, information and skill sets, which I appreciate because I was doing the same thing. I figured I had to get as much skills as I could get for when this happened. Um, I know you helped Chris with uh, all his licensing. Chris helped a lot of people like Tom and uh, Kevin, uh, you know, to get their licenses and to write them. So you behind the scenes, I'm glad we're having this. Uh, I'm glad we're having you on to get the real truth. But then um, uh, also, you know, launched uh, and helped start, uh, you know, when Farmhouse launched and got to see Grand Rapids, your city now, um, your adopted city, uh, open up. So awesome perspective uh and then currently working with uh uh my friends over at scout and now the brand oops and the wildflower and uh i knew you'd be great for the job and with all that experience it takes a, a special person right now and a special skill set which you had to get the hard way um to be able to sell cannabis right now in michigan it's not easy so thanks for coming on the show why don't you give us a little bit more of your background and tell us why you got into cannabis Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, that all means the world to me, especially coming from you. So I appreciate it. Um, it's been a wild ride, my uh, journey to get here, and I'm grateful for every moment of it. I grew up in East Lansing, um, went to East Lansing High. I actually uh, started a little pet care business back then that um, really flourished, and I was actually able to pay for my college education with the proceeds from then. It's funny, even back then um, in high school, I remember telling some some of my customers at the dog walking uh, business how much I wanted to be in this industry one day. And one of my customers telling me about Robin Snyder way back then, you know, so that was cool to have some women to look up to already that were in the industry. Um, after high school, I went to Ferris, got a degree in business. Um, after, after graduating college, I worked for a physical therapy clinic. Um, and that was a really valuable experience. It was my first normal job. It was a good job, um, but I definitely wasn't passionate about it. I learned a ton about health insurance, but I definitely, it was office job. I felt kind of like a, a pencil pusher. I wasn't in the field I was passionate about. And that's right around the same time that Chris got involved with Am I Legalized and was close with Ryan. And he kept telling me like, you should get into this early on so that as it develops, you're already in the game. And uh, I eventually took his advice and Ryan referred me to um, a job at Homegrown. And I'll always be eternally grateful that I, I owe my whole career to that referral. And that was such a good experience. Um, that store was over on Michigan Avenue at the time. Um, it was a huge learning experience and uh, the industry was so much different back then. But one thing that has been really cool for me to watch is to watch homegrown survive and make it into our current regulated market. That store is just banging today still. Their um, Harambe line is really nice. So I've been enjoying watching that happen. Um, a little while after homegrown, I got picked up over at Kind and that was definitely an iconic staple store of the Lansing legacy market. Um, 
probably the most fun I ever had and such a good team to learn from. It was during that time that I got the opportunity to meet Tom Beller um, and a lot of the other people um, got connected with a lot of people that are still here today made some very valuable um, relationships and that store survived all the way till December 2017 and then um, as these changes came I was trying to think of what to do because that store wasn't eligible for a license. So I've been making bath bombs as a hobby. And uh, I had some people coming to me and saying like, I'd like to buy these from you. And then I really doubled down on researching how to make them um, sellable and safely make them according to FDA rules and started experimenting there. And eventually uh, the Highway 710 guys came to me and said, why don't you make some with some CBD and THC? And after that happened, that business just took off. Um, I could barely keep up with orders and I really, I think, owe it to that collab. Um, so that was a really fun experience. Um, I started really, really hitting the road 2018 with that. Um, during that time, Chris was doing some licensing and between the bath bombs and the licensing, we were able to kind of survive um, as these licensed stores came on board during those couple years um, and moved out to Grand Rapids. Right before the pandemic happened, I had my bath bombs in 11 different stores. Um, they were carrying the CBD bombs and that was really exciting because I never expected to do well in my first two years with that company. I expected to have a major loss. Um, that's typically what happens with most small businesses. They don't make money the first couple of years. I tripled my investment. It was um, really helped build my confidence and I can do this, I can, I can sell things. <laughs> um, and right around uh, the beginning of 2020, Chris connected with Casey over at farmhouse and he took us on the team and that was my first experience in the license market that's my first experience with metric um we worked so hard for a couple months there to really get all of our systems in place for our grand opening and organizing everything creating all these systems and we do our grand opening and then two days later the pandemic shutdown happened COVID and completely derailed everything we planned. And that was such a valuable experience for me is um, we had to redo everything at the last minute. And that's when we decided to do curbside and it worked out phenomenal. Um, I still think that's definitely one of the best stores in Grand Rapids. It's really exciting to watch something that's locally owned, independently operated, family owned, survived. Their staff is so knowledgeable. Their staff has such good taste. They're killing it. Um, and then after that, I went and opened Allswell on the other side of town. And um, that was a lot of fun for me. I got um, to be very involved in hiring the staff and boy, do they have one of the most dedicated staffs. That staff wants to be in this industry so badly. They absorb everything like a sponge. They're very knowledgeable and um, got them through their grand opening. We got through REC and I knew for a long time I wanted to experience the wholesale side of the market. Um, I had so much retail experience and I really wanted to gain some wholesale 
experience. So um, I was really happy when they gave me their blessing to go ahead and explore that. And I got picked up at Scout. And those guys are amazing. I'm so excited to be working for a company that's part of the MICIA. That's been a dream of mine for years. So getting to participate in that is huge. Um, they're very anti-remediation, all the way down to CRC and color remediation. They don't do any of it. That makes me very proud. Um, we have some talented extractors and growers who have been around for years. We have a lot of former caregivers on the team. Um, but we have Scout, which is our, our standard tier brand. We have Oops, which is our economy brand, all good as our edibles. And we're about to launch our Buddy Detroit brand. That's definitely going to be top, top shelf. Um, and that was a brand that was around back in the legacy markets. So excited to bring that to our licensed market. We have some really nice stuff coming. That's, oh, go, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm also excited we're doing some stuff with Real Leaf. So, oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, we're releasing the Dr. Death Skunk. Yeah. Oh, yep. Very cool. I remember the Dr. Death Skunk. What is that? A, is that a two to one? It's uh, it's pretty close to a one to one. So one we're one. spiking it with some spiked punch to kind of boost the THC a little bit. But okay. uh, the one to one base is there from the flower, full flower, you know, extract. And we're excited too. the uh, it's turning out great. I think that everything you went into testing and I'm excited to get my hands on some samples. And yeah, well, that's the same extract that uh, that Shannon Williams and I placed in uh, the cannabis cup in 2000, how old year, 17, I believe. <clears throat> and uh, for our one to one, it's like very therapeutic. Uh, almost like a floating type sensation because of the full spectrum of it. It's it, it's quite incredible. I'm excited to see it in the licensed market also. So all these things, yeah, bringing all of these kind of old school legacy things into the market, even if they are just a short term release for fun, just to, so we can kind of lament on where we've been and how we've gotten here, which Jocelyn, your, your story's awesome. I, I love it. Yeah. We're really Thank excited you. to be working with you guys. Seven years later, like seven years in the cannabis world is a, a long time, long, long time. So yeah, look at me. Uh, I used to see my pictures uh, from a decade ago, but uh, oh man, I, uh, that's, uh, I, you know, you made me think about it. as far as the team. For, so people that don't know, um, Scout and Wellflowers, the retail and, um, you know, they've been great with the Redemption Foundation. The uh, the fundraiser that we held at the Jesmy Lofts in Pontiac was, was was really put on by them and and organized and and you know we raised uh i think it was twenty three thousand dollars at that fundraiser so they've done a lot and we're going to be doing a lot more so it's cool i, and I you, met yeah. i just wanted to interject really quick that that group your 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 team is awesome and great to work with extremely creative bunch and they don't cut any corners you know everything that they do is top notch all the way down to their you know the the, the provisioning center and just the vibes and everything it's all the details are there. I love it. I'm really so proud of them. They work so hard. Um, and they're all such really genuinely good people. Um, they're always, always looking for the next good cause to be involved in. And that just really makes you feel good to work there. Yeah, uh, definitely. And I know, um, um, when you talked about uh, working for them and, and asked me about, it, I told you what I thought about them and how great of people they are. And I know, uh, just from knowing you long enough, it has to be the right company because like Elf 
all of us on this show and most of our guests it would eat eat at your soul to work at uh you know one of these mcma companies or somebody that really didn't really didn't care but um you know we we spoke on it the retail side of it and the market is 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 as wild as it's ever been you know last week we kind of talked about michigan 3.0 is a dispensary wars starting to happen with pricing and, and retailers are really starting to retail and we all know about the wholesale but what do you see different from you know the retail side and today versus then um you, you got a great eyeball behind kind because i remember the numbers kind were doing uh kind was doing big numbers man they were hustling so um you know what what what's changed what hasn't and um what's working and what's not um, from way back then, things have changed drastically. I, I also, I think a lot about how there were a lot of really big brands back then that we were all just drooling over, um, trying to get in front of, celebrating those brands, and a lot of them haven't made it. So it's exciting to see those that have made it from that market to this one. It's exciting to support them. Um, some things that I have definitely seen change over time well is the astronomical drop in prices. Um, that's definitely, I've watched even my job change just from December as far as the number of other reps there are on the road when you're out there cold calling. It's insane. You used to, used to like not run into anybody, but um, just last week I was in Sturgis and as I fill out these visitor forms, my name is right below my friend who works for another company. Like I'm basically 10 minutes behind him, one to each store. And, you know, as a rep, you don't want to be showing up immediately after somebody else. You know, you're already kind of feeling like a nuisance um, when you do cold call in the middle of their business day. I think especially me having worked retail, knowing how busy it can get, I'm very strategic about the time of day I come. I'm gonna desperately try not to come at an inconvenient time for you. Right. Just, um, but even my coworker, he said the other week that when he was cold calling, almost every single store he went to, he was running into two or three reps. And he was like, man, guys, should we should we have a talk in the parking lot? And just kind of strategize, like who's gonna go where next so this doesn't happen again, <laughs> you know? And that that's something that's certainly new. Um, there's also some, I think, more sought after brands that some stores, that they were able to be more exclusive just a few months ago and some stores were knocking down their door to buy from them. And now I'm seeing the owners of some of these brands on those visitor logs. Like those people are cold calling when that wouldn't have been a thing a couple months ago, you know? <laughs> that's been wild to watch. Um, on one hand, when stuff like this does happen, um, it can be discouraging. I know there's times where um, I personally was really frustrated watching some of these smaller um, operators, whether it's a retail store or a wholesale brand, get kind of crushed by these bigger corporate players or the MCMA brands and how discouraging that can be. But at the same time, it also kind of ignites a fire inside of me that um, my gears really start turning when I think about how can we outcompete these guys. Um, what kind of things can we do? What kind of price points can I offer you at, from the wholesale side to a retail store to help you be able to compete with the big guy down the street from you? Um, that stuff really 
turns my gears, you know, and that's the stuff that I find the most interesting and exciting about this, um, about this field. I also think that, um, I see a lot of more people that are newer to the industry, which is great. I love seeing, um, these people get these opportunities. I know I may have not, I may have not had an opportunity had it not been for Ryan. So it's exciting to see new people get into the industry, but there's a lot of these newcomers who form these opinions without any knowledge about what it took to be here. So they'll be like, oh, you know, High Life Farms is one of my favorite brands. I love everything they're doing. How dare you speak negatively about them? <laughs> and I have to work on just not automatically snapping because I feel like those people might be owed a backstory. Um, like maybe before getting mad at them, I should give them some sort of background on why I feel the way I do. And that's something I have to continually work on all the time. And I think podcasts like this one um, definitely help help the public get a kind of backstory on the sacrifices people made to be here. It was risky back then. Um, I remember how scary it was to sell edibles and extracts um, and what a big risk that was and how normal that is today. Anything. Yeah. Thanks for that Veritas for the edibles and extracts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I had jobs back in the legacy market where we had to have a trash bag on us at all times, just in case you had to clear the shelves because there were raid drills all the time, you know, and I feel so grateful to be able to work these days without those types of fears. And I find myself sometimes getting frustrated with those who haven't had to deal with that. And I just feel like educating them is really the answer. Hey, Jocelyn, you know, just listen to you talk and, and talk about your background. I think it's absolutely brilliant the way you went about educating yourself about the industry and how you've you've moved from one portion to another portion to another portion, how you've gone back and asked your your employer to allow you to kind of expand your your, your knowledge. All that stuff's super commendable, and I think that's super great. Um, you know, in, in, in having this episode be a, a little bit about Women's History Month, I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, you you did have work experience prior to working in cannabis, and now you've, you've worked in cannabis, and it seems like um, you've had quite a few doors really open for you, and I think that's that's awesome. What what in your mind is the difference between you know a woman working in the cannabis industry compared to other industries, and why do you think that it seems that women are getting a, a better, fairer shake in the cannabis industry than than some of the other industries? Um, yeah, I think we definitely have some unique experiences for sure. I'm, there's a lot of things that I face in this industry that I feel are common with others, but one thing about this industry is people are just overall less judgmental probably because a lot of them are being judged all the time just for using cannabis <laughs> um so i think well there's definitely like stereotypical bias that i have to face and overcome um that i think women in every industry do there's a general acceptance in this industry that's helped me i also have to be very realistic that um what the accomplish the accomplishments that Chris has and being married to him has also helped me a lot. And I'm forever grateful for that because I know 
other women might have greater challenges. I think I have to do a lot more when I walk in as a cold calling. I have to do a lot more to um, validate myself. I have to demonstrate a lot of knowledge. Sometimes I have to drop my background. Sometimes I've just been so conditioned to doing that to be taken seriously. I do it when it's not necessary, you know? Um, but overall, people working in cannabis, they've always had tons of tattoos. Um, they've never had to wear stereotypical like office clothes. Um, we can wear whatever we want, really. This is such an accepting um, industry. But I do know when I left my normal job way back then that I had a, a, you know, a retirement fund and benefits and the people in my life who didn't use cannabis were looking at me like, are you crazy? Um, you know, what are you thinking leaving that? And for years, it was pretty scary. I think uh, Chris and I have a bit of a unique experience where we're both in it together. And I only know like a handful of other couples where both of them are working in the industry. But especially back then when everything was all cash, there were years where we weren't eligible for loans, mortgages. Um, it was tough to get covered by insurance. And in those times, it was really hard and it made me question everything. Like, man, did I make the biggest mistake of my life by leaving my normal job to do this? And I really got to give Chris credit with uh, keeping me more positive and helping me through those moments. And now looking at everything, now I do have a normal job in cannabis. So but I have all those things again, and it is entirely worth every sacrifice we made. Um, but I do think that in general, people in this industry are more accepting of each other. Yeah, you know, I think it was it's, it's really smart of both you and Chris. I, I see it um, with both of you. Uh, that you guys have, have educated you, yourselves on both sides of the equation. You know, uh, what, I went to Ferris State as well, by the way. Uh, so go Bulldogs. But um, uh, I took a debate class at, at Ferris. And, and one of the interesting things about taking that debate class was that you would present the argument for one side of the equation and then immediately go back and debate that argument, the opposite side of the equation with the same person. And then you'd have a winner, you know, determined by, by that. But you can't sit in, on the podium and bitch about other people and not have the, the whole story. So I think it's it's brilliant that you and Chris both do that. Uh, you Chris is obviously very vocal about his opposition to the MCMA. And, and, and if you if you have a, a kink in your armor and somebody questions you about it and you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to sound stupid. And the reality is you guys know what you're talking about. And I think it's really smart for you guys to have educated yourself on the industry. And uh, therefore, when you move forward and, and try to get out there and do your thing, you, you have validation right off the get. So I think that's really great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Do you feel, uh, have you been cold calling any of the MCMA type stores? Just out of curiosity. Just, um, just, a, just out of, you know, curiosity. Honestly, I feel so torn between, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky that I work for a company that really respects my very strong opinions um, because, you know, that, not every boss has always been uh, on the same mindset for that. So I'm lucky there. Um, honestly, I have them at the very bottom of my list. There are so many strong retailers and they aren't all necessarily like the smaller operators or the independently owned ones. There are some big stores that are more conscious and more ethical and they aren't trying to harm other people or uh, stop other people from having the opportunity or the chance to compete with them. And I'm blessed in even 
just in my ter territory, having so many of those to occupy my time and to cultivate relationships with that I haven't felt a strong need to go after MCMA stores. Um, but I, guess my, yeah. I was just wondering just to see if there was a difference in <clears throat> culture between you know, the stores there when, as far as how they react towards women and, and, yeah. and especially sales reps, is there a culture <laughs> difference between yes. so possibly the, the mom and pop type stores, the small operators and how they treat people versus, you know, some of the more corporatized structured companies out there? Yes. Uh, I definitely deal with, uh, I guess kind of three different things. I, I, there is one account, I won't name names, but there is one account that, um, didn't want a female, uh, rep. And they were pretty honest about that. And luckily, um, there's other people who work here. So, <laughs> you know, and there's just as many people who want to work with me, which is great. But um, that was the only, I think, like outright, I don't want to work with a woman. Um, I did uh, when on the retail side, even I had an incident um, where I had a customer show up after close and I had to go out and tell them we couldn't sell to them. You know, the ordinance in these land or Grand Rapids <laughs> is 9 p.m., you know, strictly 9 p.m. And this person had showed up after nine. And uh, after I went out and told them, they got irate. They were doing donuts in our private parking lot and such. And when the owner went out to talk to him, he said, you know, you should have sent one of the male employees to tell me instead of a bitch. So Ooh. those are like a couple instances of just like that <laughs> outright. But um, I do have a lot of times where I cold call and someone tells me to fuck off. Um, I don't think that's necessarily based off my gender. I think it's just people being busy. Um, and I have some that don't even come out to see what I look like before they say that. So that's certainly one. I had one experience where I'd been speaking with a, a customer for a while over the phone and we've been talking about business and like the day I went to go meet him in person, I walked in and when he came out, he looked at me and he said, wow, you weren't what I was expecting at all. And to this day, I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> no idea. And I didn't bother asking because I didn't really want to know. But those are probably the only examples of like really outlandish um, behavior. But it definitely was all those instances of the from the wholesale end were bigger bigger companies for sure those were bigger wow good question um, Tim. yeah yeah i uh, do cold call a lot of the smaller shops and a lot of times when you do that you have a really good chance that the owner might be working the floor himself um mm -hmm. which is pretty cool and then you get um you get to meet them and talk to them and usually in those scenarios where their store is so small that the owners are working the sales floor um they're really cool people. <laughs> they are really invested in their business and they go out of the way to make you feel welcome. So. Relationships. That's, you know, we've all come from the land of relationships. You have to trust the people that you're working with at a certain level, especially when things were in a more of gray, grayish red area, <laughs> you know? Yeah, without a doubt. I had a question for you, Jazzy. Um, you were around for, you have inter the uh, the Lansterdam heydays, you know, and uh, I'm uh, very vocal. I want to make Lansing the capital of Midwest uh, cannabis culture. I feel like we were in 2010 and 11, and maybe let that slip. Um, uh, we used to battle Ann Arbor, and you know, Ann Arbor just as kind of most of the dispensaries have been bought by 
MSOs and there's no grows there. So they don't really have that many employees. So I feel like, you know, Lansing, you have thousands of marijuana employees, but Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids never had any stores. You know, I, I came from uh, uh, the same area as you and then knew it to be kind of stuffy towards marijuana and it was the, the beer city, but you moved out there. You're heavily involved in the, the uh, cannabis um, market out there. Now the Grand Rapids is jamming, Muskegon is jamming. So what is that like? What's your perspective? Like how's Grand Rapids kind of changed so fast? And um, do you feel like there's a little bit, some of that, that still, you know, maybe that old, old Dutch, not, uh, not cool with it, or is it just totally changed? And uh, do you think you guys would be able to compete with Lansing someday? Yes, you know, um, Lansing was definitely the wild Midwest. Um, you know, I remember at one point we had 93 stores, which was awesome. Um, while things were really saturated, I think you had to work really hard to be um, competitive and to stand out from the others. And that was a lot of fun. That was probably the most fun I have in retail. Um, Grand Rapids has slowly gotten bigger and bigger. I remember when we opened Farmhouse, it was just us and one other store. So to see all these other stores pop up has been wild. And I may be a little biased, but I still think Farmhouse and Oslo are the best too, you know, and they're on opposite sides of town. So you can get something no matter where you are in Grand Rapids. Um, I don't know if anything will ever quite be like Lansing was. It has been wild to watch from going like, back at these old stores sometimes you just had like a folding table like a cardboard table and it was like a garage sale and now we're in like a two billion dollar industry that's been wild to watch i think we're right up there with almost california at this point i'm really proud of of the michigan industry um but i've definitely seen uh some towns that are really really starting to get quite a few stores and then some of those stores are really starting to bang out i think um when i went in cold called battle creek that one was a little bit reminiscent of lansing almost there were a handful of really good busy stores and you would look and some of them have another store right next door in the parking lot is empty you know and it's kind of fun to see um the different deals and stuff that people offer to bring people in the doors. But I think really having um, a knowledgeable staff, a staff that genuinely cares about the people coming in the door, I think the customer will always gravitate to a store where they don't feel like just another number, the turn and burn, moving them in and out. And at Farmhouse in Oswell, my staff would remember your ailments. They'd remember what was happening in your life last week. And I think that's what really makes different retailers stand out from one another um, is that that personal touch. But um, I don't think Grand Rapids is quite there like where Lansing was, but I think it has potential. And um, I love both of these cities so much. I'm not I think I have a little bit of a skewed experience because I hang out with so many other people that work in this industry that maybe I don't really run into the anti-cannabis people here as often, even though I know there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them still, but I certainly run into that, um, definitely run into that when I'm I guess probably with family that are out about. I know that um, I didn't really come from a family that was, um, really okay with cannabis and i think chris kind of helped change that mindset for them but um i still have family members that that pray for me because 
<laughs> I'm working in weed. Um, and so that's really probably the only time that I run into that. I'm lucky that because of who I associate with, almost everybody I talk to is pro pro cannabis. Hey, Jocelyn, I wanted to go back uh, just for a second. And, uh, and first of all, apologize for the, the behavior of the people that treated you the way that they've treated you. This, that's not what our industry is about. And we, we're, we're so much more than that. And I think that sometimes people um, are insecure and have a lack of intellect. And so they immediately jump to throwing swords and saying stupid shit to just immediately offend somebody because they don't know how to make a proper argument. So um, I would just write that off as to people that are just not not smart enough to to defend themselves in a, in a, in a manner that that is reasonable. So uh, again, I'm sorry about that. Um, but what I would really like to ask you is, is if you were a young woman, uh, you know, graduating high school or, or graduating college today, and, and they were looking to get into the industry and, and make make a, a successful run at this, what what advice would you give them? Where would you advise them to start? And and and, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my advice is, any woman in this industry or any work industry, they're gonna run into incidences like that just because they are a woman and you've got to try your best to not let it shake your confidence. Um, I think it's so easy to let it shake your confidence, make you fearful of doing the next cold call. Um, but eventually you learn to let it roll off your back and you learn to let that frustration turn into um, a drive to show them who you are and show them I can do this. I know what I'm talking about. I've been doing this. I have every right to be right up here with you, you know? So certainly that, um, relationships are everything. Um, definitely if you're looking to get into the industry, reach out to anybody you happen to know working in it and it don't be shy about, um, approaching people, asking for help. Um, asking for help to get these opportunities. I think the women who have been here for a while um, can also reach out and help other women get into the industry. I always use my gratitude to Ryan for getting me my first weed job. And he's also referred me to quite a few since then, by the way, not just my first one, but I always use that as um, I think the best way I can pay Ryan back for that referral is to help other people get these opportunities, um, just like I was given that help. So every time I'm in a position where I can hire people or make referrals to hire people, when I find a dedicated individual that really wants to be in here just as bad as I did back then, I always try to have them on the forefront of my mind. and. Um, then even once they've been hired, I'm always thinking of my former employees at Farmhouse and All's Well and the opportunities they wanted. If one of them said, I'm looking for an opportunity to volunteer and I run in and another one of my uh, acquaintances is looking for volunteers, I'm going to match you two. Um, if someone's desperate to get into the activism side and I know somebody with those opportunities, I'm going to connect them. And so I think... Um, yeah, if you're a woman starting out, uh, don't be scared. Don't let these sort of interactions shake your confidence. And, and if you're also a woman who's been here a long time, do your best to help other women get in. This is how this is how we get we get past these barriers. You know, supporting each other. Thank you, uh, thank you, thank you for saying that, Jazzy. And I appreciate you making me look good. Um, that's you know, I don't. Uh, 
Um, I, just like many, I'm sure, uh, you know, Kevin and Tom the same way, but I love referring people when I know that it's the right fit and they're going to do a good job. And, you know, I get, I do get asked a lot of, by a lot of people to, you want to, you know, the job and, you know, this or that. And, you know, you can't, you know, there's something you got to make sure you, uh, you got to make sure, um, you know, someone doesn't, uh, you got to trust them. So I, I just not anybody. So. I've trusted you and you've made me look good over the years. And uh, now we got another ally in the fight against good versus evil in the state of Michigan. So I appreciate that. But wanted to wrap up a little bit. I'm going to let uh, Tom go first just so Kevin doesn't steal his thunder. Uh, always. Tom. <laughs> no, I just, I've always known that women are smarter. You know, I, I love, I, I love spending time and just having conversations with you. And I'm, I'm really excited for all the collaborations for the future and glad to see you guys, you know, kicking ass out there. All of our love to you and Chris and, uh, you know, just keep on rocking. We'll see you very, very soon. Thank you, Tom. That means the world to me. Kevin. Yeah, no, I agree with Tom. Women are the yin to our yang. They keep us balanced and in line and, and, uh, and so very thankful to have women on this planet to keep us in order. But uh, thank you so much, Jocelyn, for, for coming on the show. It's been an honor to, to actually get to meet you. Uh, we've, like I said, we've been friends with Chris for a long time. And and uh, so I'm so glad to have you on the show. Uh, do me a favor. I'll tee it up for you real quick. Um, if somebody wants to get a hold of Scout and get a hold of you to, to get product in the store, or if there's a young lady that happens to be listening to the show and has a, some, an advice question, how can they get, get, get a hold of you? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, Instagram is a great way. We have the scout underscore uh, canna. That's our handle. Um, we're on Facebook. Um, you can also go to our website. If you just Google scout cannabis, go to scoutcanna.com. Um, but uh, hit us in our DMs. You can definitely get a hold of one of us that way. Absolutely. And Kevin, it was so good to meet you um, today. I've been a fan of your stuff for a long time. You're really talented. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. It's so nice of you to say. All right. Well, another another great episode. We should have done uh, should have done this month sooner. So we're getting um, having some of our best shows now. So it's without without question. Jazzy, thanks for being on. And uh, and uh, it was a great conversation. It's uh, I looked up at the clock and thought it was twenty minutes, and it was thirty eight. So I know we could we could talk all day. Um, great example. Um, love the uh, love the way you've made it, and uh, you know through grit and hard work, and not asking you know for anything but an opportunity. So um, you know that's, that's Michigan cannabis, and I'm glad everyone got to meet you today that hasn't yet. So with that, we'll see everybody next week. Thank you, everyone. The Smoke and Rope Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ryan Basor, the owner of Redemption Cannabis. Have ideas for episode topics or would like to be a guest on the show? Contact us at ryanb at redemptioncana.com. Thanks for being along for the journey.